up my monument Don't worry where the body went Trust me I always love that you take time to talk to little old me, man. <laughs> are, you, are you in Atlanta? I'm actually visiting my in-laws in South Carolina. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, great. Yeah, Surfside Beach. Yeah. yeah so, and obviously I, I could use some sun. Couldn't we all? You always look so dapper and put together. <laughs> well, you know, now that these Zoom calls have become a, um, a uh, you know, just a, a factor in the whole thing. It's it's amazing how, um, you know, you, you have to get everything stage ready. You think I actually make my bed normally in a hotel room? <laughs> so I, wouldn't call, I wouldn't necessarily call that a bed. Yeah, I call it, I threw the covers back over top and could have done a better job fluffing the pillows. But anyway, that's the best I could do on short notice, Don. <laughs> how have you been, man? Fantastic. Really great. The tour is going ridiculously well. And, uh, you know, we had, we had a spectacular night last night in Fort Chester, New York, and then the night before that in Albany, New York. And uh, just, you know, people can't seem to get enough of it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, does that surprise you? <laughs> you know, you know it, it doesn't surprise me because I know how strong the show is, but I, and I know the, the legacy of the band it can it stands up to that kind of um that kind of uh you know acclamation but um we don't take it for granted yeah <laughs> it's you know you we we still come off stage and and say you know that they they did it again you know the audience is just so there's so much fun to play for and and uh it it just lifts us to to a degree that we as i say we don't take for granted at all we really we really um you know, savor the, uh, the, the the whole experience. Thanks for doing this, man. It's always great to have you on and talk to you always. And you. <laughs> so I was looking back on our courtship here, and this is <laughs> this is this is interview number four for us. Like, how do you not get tired of talking to me or like other other people when you've talked to them multiple times? Well. I guess it's because I'm, uh, although I was born in Scotland, I'm only half Scottish. My dad was from Ireland. So the Irish gift of the gab is is in me. And um, so, uh, yeah, I can never quite get enough. When we're on tour like this, it's great to just let people know what's going on with the band currently. And that's, that's really, you know, even though we've spoken in the past, there are, you know, nuances of things that have happened and, and uh, you know, life has moved on. So we can, we can always catch up again. I've noticed this and when I talk to certain folks that sometimes I've created like a, a relationship with some artists that I haven't with others, you know? And so it always makes talking to you exciting because I feel like every time, kind of like you said, every time we talk, like there's something new to talk about, you know, there's something new to discuss. And the last time we talked, things were pretty much on the odd side because you guys were just hitting the road after COVID and yeah. The venues were opening up, but you got everyone no. was living in a bubble. You were holed up in the hotel room. And I was like, you know, this is something you never expected to see in your life. So <laughs> how has that changed your perspective now? Looking back on like the insane shit we were dealing with. 
Well, it's changed in that in that. Well, I guess it ties back to what we what we were initially saying. Don't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's not guaranteed that uh, you know. One of the most difficult questions people will ask me, and they expect, uh, you know, they expect I to have an answer for it is, you know, where where do you see sticks five years down the road or something like that? It's like you know we we don't think ahead that far. We really don't. I don't think any rock band can. Um, yeah, I, I hope we're still doing this and you and I are moved on to conversation number 57, but, uh, <laughs> I'll have to send an edible arrangement to you at that point, you know, or possibly yes. flowers, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll work on that. Um, so, uh, I, how is it? Uh, well, okay. So let's, let's break it down after, after the, the, uh, the lockdowns when we first came back. Of course, yeah, there, there was trepidation, and uh, you know how, you know how how much do we have a handle on this at this point? And now, um, look, it's still a reality out there. It has, unfortunately, this is what's happened. It, it means that you can you can get you can get an illness really quickly that that can compromise the tour. So, for example, after a show now. We don't we don't have the same numbers of people we used to once have uh, come backstage. Not because we wouldn't love to see you know people and talk to them. It's that once the show's over, we have to think of the audience the next night. Quite honestly, we have to, it, they they now move to the top of the priority list. And if we're going to go around you know having a great time, glad handing with everyone, etc., and somebody gets ill to the point where they can't do the show the next night, well, that's a real drag for thousands of people for thousands. Okay, so we have to consider that. At the same time, we still live, you know. I mean, I'm gonna there. There are there are a few people that we've that, that we've let you know come backstage after the shows, but that that's really the the most. That's the most that we consider it now. Is that look look there there's there's still a um, a very contagious thing out there that that we've got a, we've got a handle on now. Let's put it that way. Uh, we more or less got a handle on it. Uh, you could at this point, it's 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 down to the the risks of you know, uh, you know pro- probably closer to. I, I I don't want to say the wrong thing here. Closer to the risks that could come with if I caught the flu, I could die from the flu. You know what I mean? But it's um, you know it's it those risks have been mitigated to a certain point, but it has heightened our attention that that look. Uh, especially for a band that's been around for over half a century, we we do have to to be cognizant of the fact that, that, that the show we just completed is completed and now the focus goes on tomorrow night and that audience deserves us to show up in the best possible shape we can be in. It was really interesting to see how the effect of not just the, the artists, because uh, one of my good friends is Jeff Keith from Tesla, and yeah. I remember when they started touring like that, like around the times you guys did. And he was talking yeah. about how they had to tour in a bubble and stuff. And I was like, well, how did you like it? And he said, honestly, he said, it was kind of a nice break to like come <laughs> off stage and not just be surrounded by people who, who wanted 10 minutes with you. He was like, you know, I'd get off stage, I'd go have dinner, go back to the bus. And I, he said, and he said, while I missed it, because that was a part of the of life that he never got to experience as a touring musician. Well, I got to tell you, that's a whole new Jeff Keith. <laughs> Isn't that really? Isn't that, that's that's a, that is not the Jeff Keith like from like oh. 89. <laughs> good for him. That's that's good. Well, you know, he's 
we, we, are, you know, I guess, I guess what it comes down to, not to get too dark about this, but it comes down to really considering our own mortality is, is something to, to be a, to, to take into account when you're trying to figure out how to tour and how to, to satisfy, you know, audience after audience. Um, some of that has to be taken into account. Look, once the show starts, all bets are off. You know, we're, we're shaking hands and bumping fists usually because the audience, they want to do a fist bump more than they want to do a hand grab now because they've got to consider their own thing, you know. And we still see some people in the audience um, in masks, et cetera, and that's fine, you know. Uh, it's it's basically everyone everyone has to look after their own health and balance out how they're going to still live their live and enjoy every moment of their life as they possibly can and not live entirely in fear. But also, you know, we don't necessarily want to go for a stroll down the middle of the highway at rush hour. As a not just as a musician myself, but as a fan and of going to yeah. shows and stuff, there was nothing more exciting than, you know, to me, like end of last year was when I went to my first post COVID show, like saw, we saw Roger Waters. And all I remember is that my mentality as a fan of live music has completely changed, even at 50. Like, yeah. it also made me realize how kind of jaded we have become or we've become kind of like over expectant of our you know, shows like i'm not taking that for granted anymore and i'm getting more excited i'm getting more into the show being more present at shows um, have you noticed that change in your audiences since oh, oh no question there's there's an emotional level in the audience and a, and a sense of appreciation that i never thought would would uh would, would arrive you know social media has really brought that to light because the messages that we get from people about just how what a valued experience this is to them is are really pretty pretty heartwarming quite honestly and and makes makes you feel that your time on earth as a musician wasn't just completely <laughs> frittered away <laughs> um you know I, I i'll speak i can only speak for myself don i can relate to what you just said a hundred percent um for quite a while there for the first year we were back i would ask the audience what was the last show you saw before the pandemic you know everyone every, i bet everyone remembers what the last show was they saw before the lockdowns and i'll bet you really remember the first show you've seen back how for how many people is this their first show back mm -hmm. Usually, at least half the audience, if not more, would would start yelling, and you could just feel an emotional release and and embrace, I suppose, simultaneously, if that's possible. Um, yeah, that the audience was expressing it. I felt it myself. The last show I saw before the pandemic, and I only get to see maybe maybe two shows a year because we tour so much. To see other artists is really a treat for me. The last show I saw was Elton John. Farewell, Yellowbrick Road. Um, and the first show back I saw was Genesis. And wow. I mean, yeah, the 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 feeling of seeing Elton, phenomenal. Because when the lockdown started, I was so grateful that I went to that show. I was so, oh, my God, I could have missed that, you know, and, and so glad that I went and, and grabbed that experience when it was available. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, no problem necessarily felt that it had that not happened and then when i came back and i'm, I'm now an audience member seeing genesis and seeing you know phil collins and 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 tony banks and rutherford mm -hmm. and phil collins and nick on drums and the uh, daryl Sturmer, seeing that whole ensemble again it was like i i felt this kind of like 
you guys are such a part of my life. And I love this experience. And I, I, I felt a deeper, just a deeper sense of appreciation that, that, um, that, yeah, as you said, you, you tend to take a lot in life for granted until, what's that, what's that line? I think Joni Mitchell said, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah. This has become such a, um, like a milestone, like you said, like the fact that you can, you know, like all of a sudden remember the last show you saw before lockdown and then the first show back. And I still remember the last show I saw was Devin Townsend. And he was in, he was in Atlanta at center stage theater, thousand people sold out in this small theater. After the, after the show, me and the guy that played drums in my band, we were out in the lobby at the bar. He's like, dude, taste this beer. It's so good. I'm drinking after him. And I'm like, dude, taste my beer. We're hugging and everything. And then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> you know, and then that was on like a Friday night. And, you know, and my wife works for the CDC. So on Monday, oh, uh, dear. She, yeah. And so I was supposed to see Jeff Tate the following Friday. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I remember on, on like Monday morning, I, I was like, so what do you think? And my wife was like, I think it's going to be okay. I think, you know. We'll we'll, oh, yeah. we'll we'll keep an eye on the trend. Come 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 Wednesday, she was like, "Yeah, it's yeah. looking a little rough." Come Thursday, she was like, "You are not leaving the house. Like we are right. we, we are down. We are hunkering in." For someone who goes to see something like anywhere from like twelve to fifteen shows a year, for my yeah. blog, yeah, it was it was a crushing thing for me. But then oh, you, you know, poor man. I I know the struggle is real, man, but. And the first show to go see after finally feeling comfortable to go out was Roger Waters. And when he came out and opened up with this really dark, doomy version of comfortably numb, like <laughs> my wife and I were just in tears because it was like the emotion yeah. aspect of it where like normally we probably would have been like, oh, this is great. Whereas like all of a sudden we were like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard because I never thought I'd see it again. So there you go. Yeah, and you there's two great ones. I mean, Devin Townsend is such a phenomenal, tremendous musician, and uh, and then to see Roger Waters, uh, yeah, there's your there's your before and after. That was pretty damn good. Yeah, hey, uh, that, that's good. And I said, and that's great that uh, so your wife works at the CDC, so you you did have a close up view of what uh, what the what the scramble was all about. You know, that's the other thing I found that. You know, as human beings, we're extremely judgmental. You know, we just we're just hardwired that way of of how people handle situations. And I don't want to get too deep into this, but you know, there was we're, we're very critical. But when 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 there's a lot of the unknown is is placed before us, we're bound to make some decisions that are very right and some decisions that are very wrong and it's only in hindsight that we can really assess that and i think i think we generally when we don't know <laughs> when we don't know we are we are prone to lashing out to a degree and i'm I, listen i'm counting myself in amongst this politician came on and said something that turned out to be incorrect a few days later i was gnashing at my and i'm thinking god damn it they were only they were only giving you what they had at the moment you know it wasn't nobody knew the the clear path forward here they no one knew and so you really have to take that into account and be a little bit more um uh, accepting of of uh, in human crisis how we how we handle things you know 
Nothing, nothing's ever nothing's ever a clean walk to the finish line. There's always going to be obstacles along the way. And somehow I'm going to try to tie all this philosophy back into how a band lasts for over 50 years. Yeah, no, I, I can see where it's going, actually. But yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's the thing is that while it might not be as dramatic or like as huge as, say, like a pandemic, you know, there are so many elements that go into being a band and for being a band for so long that, like I said, while not as big as that, it can be as jarring as that over a career. It's a constant balancing act. It really is. And and you really have to be with people who are, uh, who have their eye on the ball, so to speak, um, or in, in the Canadian thing, it should be the eye, your eye on the puck. Um, that don't that don't lose sight of of what's of what really is at stake here, which is a uh, a tremendous musical life experience that um, that we get to share. And and as I've said to you in the past, when you end your day with you know several thousand people on their feet with gigantic grins on their faces and their arms in the air and yelling for more, that really supersedes all other all other all other little. Um, unpredictables that come along and and come along that 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 really can get in the way of that and and admire the experience so staying focused on that is i think is i think the ultimate thing that keeps any band together looking back now like i'm so excited to see you guys like when you're in atlanta at the fox which by the way is a beautiful venue you're gonna love it uh the 16th, 16th of june yes i've heard that all along and i've you know because our our managers in there in atlanta and uh yeah he talks about the fox theater and the fact that we you know we're, we're gonna love it and i i know we are it's it's a let god i've seen everybody from the black crows to skid row there in the 90s you know and it's a beautiful sounding room but what i love about it is that this tour has you guys doing crash of the crown which i am super stoked about and I know this kind of trend with bands sometimes and I see the fans and their reactions. And sometimes, especially of a classic band who's, who's got a long legacy to them is that some fans aren't too excited about seeing new music. Oh, no. Oh oh God, no, that's the, the, we generally don't want that, but, but that's why we were both these last two albums. If I can address that, we were, we were, we were extremely cognizant of that. We knew that when we went into making the mission, even back in 2017, we knew that if if this doesn't resonate with the classic albums of the past, if it's not up to that standard, if you can't listen to it and then immediately put on Grand Illusion or put on Pieces of Eight or one of the classic uh, legacy albums of the band, and if you can't put the two on side by side and equate that wow, this band is as is it's the same band, but they've evolved. But they're the it's kind of like listening to uh, I'll, I'll, I always use a Beatle analogy. If you listen to Abbey Road and then you suddenly put on uh, Hard Day's Night, which is you know although only separated by about five years, it feels like fifty. Any other band, um, but you could feel the same sense of 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 continuity there. They've evolved, but there's still this connection to what they, the essence and the spirit of what the band is. And we decided if we didn't feel that and believe that that existed back when we did the mission, we wouldn't put it out. But uh, we re-signed with Universal and they, they, 
they had and were adamant that the, the record really was what they everything that they wanted. And we decided at first when we went out, we would only play the two minute opener of the album, Gone, 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 was the only thing we so it's two minutes, which segued directly into Grand Illusion. And the segueing thing was interesting because we saw that the audience, I think because half of our audience now is under 40 years of age, so they weren't even born when the biggest albums of the classic rock era came out. They're more accepting of something new. And funny enough, we began to notice that response was there, which gave us the, which gave us the temerity to try a second song in the show. And again, kind of bookended and and have it even segue it straight into a classic piece right. so that the two kind of glued together and you could begin to see there was some debate usually in the audience that, that what album is this from you know we wouldn't announce it necessarily this is something brand new because that's that's like an invitation to the exits for people that have or the bathroom or the bar or whatever yeah or any anywhere but i don't this is a good time to take a break but we really, we found a way to integrate it into the show where it wasn't a jarring experience that uh, now we're about to play something that you've that you've never heard or, or setting up in a, in a way of, a, of apology. We spent a year doing that and little by little finding out. And then we just put it again, social media. Would people be interested in seeing a show of the mission in its entirety? Well, it got overwhelming response. So we wound up doing two nights in Las Vegas yes. at, the, at the Palm, where we played the album in its entirety. It was called, it was Sticks the Mission. Mm-hmm. Went so well, then we played, we played, it was a two-set show. Mm-hmm. We played the mission in its entirety. Then we came back and we played all the, the classic hits. Mm-hmm. So everyone was satisfied. But the response from that was that we wound up playing at the Beacon Theater in New York, did the same thing. Then we played in Boston at the Orpheum. Did the same thing. Uh, several uh, Washington, several cities really wanted that. So we did, I think, about six of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so rewarding to do, you know, to see that that people are accepting of new music if they really equate it with the quality of what you've done in the past. And I guess the final cherry on top of that is that when Crash of the Crown came out, within two weeks, it was number one on Billboard's rock album chart. Right. So people, we know now there are enough people that will accept it if they really feel that that it's that it's equal to what they have they, they have had from the past, and it also it it underscores the concert experience that they may recently have had seeing Sticks. I always thought too that as far as bands playing new material, like it can go one way or the other. But one of the things that used to frustrate me is when a band I loved would put out a new album. And I would be super excited about it. And then you'd go see him and you'd get like one song, um, it, which in some ways I like, I used to kind of almost think that that was kind of apologetic, which to me, I was like, you know, if, if, if you're really proud of this stuff, you know, put it out there. And that's one of the things I loved with like the mission tour. And then the fact that I didn't get to see the, one of those mission shows as, you know, I was very upset with you. I thought we were going to break up, but it's okay. Um, but you know, but I did love when I heard that you guys were doing Crash of the Crown, because to me, some bands, even bands that have only been around, say, like 10, 12, 15 years, they don't necessarily put out a quality of material that they feel like they're proud of, or that even as a listener, I think is of the standard. 
Every, look, every band is different. Every situation has its own uh, unique um, set of uh, circumstances. With us, we we gave ourselves that mandate that if we don't feel this is up to the st- what we want, you know, what we're after, it, we don't have to put it out. The band, it, the success of the band isn't 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 uh, um, it, re- it doesn't have to rest on that. It's already well successful and, and can continue on riding on that but the lifeblood of the band as what is what really what you're getting at is 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 when new ideas begin to to percolate and when they when they become something that you're proud of that's part of the lifeblood of the band that's what extends the life of it you know with from within mm-hmm. from within them and uh as far as you know with us again every situation is unique we know that to crack this the set list on a stick show is a tall order. Mm-hmm. You, you better have something that's really up to up to scratch, you know. So when we hear that, you know, after a show recently, now you know what were your favorite songs in the show? If people say, well, they were, you know, Blue Collar Man, uh, uh, Renegade, or Come Sail Away, and Crash of the Crown. So when we hear that enough times, we know, okay, Crash of the Crown has made the cut, and it's in the show, and it's 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 going to be fine. And then we add another one and see how that goes. And then another one. And then now we're up to probably about, uh, maybe about four of, of the new ones. But they're always, they're married to something from the past. Tommy does sound the alarm, segues to immediately into Crash the Cra- into sorry, into Crystal Ball. Mm-hmm. Because the two songs are like bookends. Of, and the two work so well together seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And Chuck and I do a little duet of Lost at Sea, which is only 39 seconds long. Um, but Lost at Sea segues straight into Come Sail Away and the rest of the band come out. So it's they're integrated into part of the whole fabric of the show. Yeah. And I think that that's where it shows that, again, that there's like a sense of pride in the new material. Yeah. If you're coming up with new material that is this strong, I mean, again, I'm not just saying this, but, you know, the mission and Crash of the Crown or two of my favorite albums since Pieces of Eight. And, you know, and so I'm looking at this and I'm going, God, this is exciting. So that must really like fuel you more to be like, okay, we still have it that we can put out new material. Like, does that excite you? Like, as far as like. Oh, very much so. Because it makes makes me feel like it, it's, it's similar to the feeling that we get when we walk on stage. When you walk on stage, you're suddenly 15 years old again, living your little, your little uh, rock rock fantasy from your bedroom you know like it, 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 time just completely is erased it's the same thing when when you see that the band still has the jam to come up with you know interesting pieces of music that that people are responding so well to yeah you suddenly feel like wow we're 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 brand new you know that's such an exciting thing too also because as a fan like i love hearing new music and hearing that the band still has that energy and that excitement and that, you know, I mean, again, like the last time I saw you guys on the mission tour, hearing those songs was every bit as fun for me as hearing, you know, Grand Illusion or Paradise or, you know, any of those great iconic songs. You guys are doing Crash of the Crown in full or? No, we haven't done that yet. Um, It's a possibility, but um we have so many bloody shows coming up. Over the- there's 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 such an insatiable demand to see the band live. We've really got a great balance right now of of, 
uh, of, of choices and variety of things to play on any given. We're really never playing two nights the same now. Yeah, uh, we we just put boat on the river back in the show, in the set last night. We haven't played it in probably five years, and so there's another great piece. And uh, you know, there's there's there, of the new stuff we just put in our, our wonderful lives, which is from Crash the Ground, where Tommy gets to play banjo. So there's this variety of things that are coming up um, constantly, and uh, yeah, you. I, I, you know, I've only been in the band for half its existence. You know, I, I'm in my 25th year. So it's great to even be in a band that length of time and still feel like, no, we, we got a lot. We got a lot left in the tank. I hope. Let's see what happens up the road. I always liked to say that you and Neil Pert were like the longest running new guy in a band. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I love the fact that at, at my age now, if anybody wants to attach the word new to me, in any capacity at all, I'm completely accepting of that. I have the new shirt. I don't care. Whatever it is that's new, I want the word new. The bond within the band, especially because of everything that happened you know, in the world and everything, uh, have you noticed that there's a stronger connection with you guys also? And how has that affected as far as like the performances and things like that? It's affected all of our lives. We're, we're really, you know... Without getting too too, you know, to go getting too maudlin about uh-huh. it or, or overly sentimental, there's a sense that um, there's a sense that we've come through a lot of uh, challenges. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them adversities. That 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 would be I think over overstating right. it. But the challenges that we've come through together. Like any like any group of people that come through through some sort of challenges like that, of course it knits you closer together. I mean, you 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 remember some of the friction along the way that that helped to get you there, and and it becomes more of a um, that becomes more of instead of something that divided you, it becomes more of the mm-hmm. glue. So we we we've, within within a band like any band, you've got to overcome the the various human. Uh, uh, you know interactions that that can that can sometimes threaten to kind of rip things mm-hmm. apart. Instead, when you find ways to continually mend those 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 little those little uh, um, disagreements or disagreements or whatever, it, it actually winds up forming a, a tighter bond with those people. And look, after having sixteen months off where we couldn't be in the company of each other, and suddenly getting back on stage again. Well, I can tell you that that's a bonding experience that, that beyond what most bands would get a chance to uh, to experience. So, yeah, there's there's a definitely something there's something of a more profound connection between us because of that. Well, I know for a fact that it's brought a lot of people together again and that it's strengthened the bond between fans and bands. And I've missed you guys and I can't wait to see you in Atlanta. That's good. That's good. So I expect you to really, I want you to go like lose your mind at that show. And <laughs> I will dive off of the balcony into the crowd. Uh, I will start a mosh pit if you want. Please don't, don't let me stand in the way of, of, of let that dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lawrence, it's always great to talk to you, man. And like, good luck on the tour. And like, it's always, it's always so much fun to chat and catch up with you. You, you too, Don. All the best. And thanks for wearing your Crash Test Dummies shirt. That's very nice. Canadians, that's very nice. Anyway, great to, see, great to see you and speak with you. Anyway, so 
I hope your listeners enjoy this. And we'll uh, we'll see you somewhere up the road. We'll see you on June the 16th at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. And all the Don DeLomont uh, listeners out there, you better be there. <laughs> if only to witness his die from the balcony. <laughs>